This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Okay, um, now today is D Day, to use a classic uh, um, cliche. It is uh, today marks the Extended deadline will expire today. That was for the amendment of the electoral end. In June 2020, the Constitutional Court gave Parliament 24 months to rectify the defect in the Act uh, following the New Nation Movement's successful court challenge. The Court declared that the Act is unconstitutional as it only required adult citizens to become members of the National Assembly or the Provincial Legislature through political party membership. Well, last Thursday, the National Assembly passed the Electoral Amendment Bill leaving just five days for the president um, to sign the law to stay in line with the constitutional court order. Let's speak to uh, political commentator and sociologist uh, Tessa Dooms. Good morning to you and thank you very much for joining us. Good morning, Tiki. Of course, she's the director of programs as well at the Ravonia Circle. Tessa, there has been some work that has been done. But uh, judging by the commentary that has come through, um, you know, from various um, quarters, there's still a lot of inadequacies or there's still it still falls well short of what people um, would have uh, expected in terms of amendments to, to the Electoral Act. Just tell me uh, if you can pick out some of the main issues that are still, um, you know, sticking points in the in the legislation. Well, the legislation um, is based on a fundamental um, inconsistency or irrationality, mm. where it still um, requires an individual to contest against an entire party list. Mm. And that irrationality then leads to a number of other things that become a problem. Because if you have individuals that are contesting against entire party lists, basically the votes that get given to those individuals um, so let's say you have an individual that contests and gets um, 200,000 votes. It's very unlikely that they'll get the full value of those 200,000 votes in terms of seats, whereas a party that they're contesting against will get the full value for those votes. Mm. Um, and there are a number of other inconsistencies that then arise from that. Um, one of the things that the that Parliament did try to address, for example, was um, there was an unfairness in the ability for people to, to sign up to contest. So it was requiring more um, signatures, for example, from a independent candidate than from a party. They've rectified that. But when it comes to the thresholds that need to be reached for um, winning a seat, that is still inconsistent. Mm. So um, one of the things we must be mindful of is that part of what the political parties have been running away from is what um, 20 years ago the Fancel Slavot report called for and five years ago the Motlante report called for which is a mixed system, a proportional representation system, and a direct system, very much similar to what we have at local government level, which gives independent candidates a much more fair opportunity to contest because then they can contest against another individual as opposed to contesting against an entire party list. And that's really where the heart 
of mm. what uh, maybe a constitutional challenge would come from. I mean, one of the things, that, again, if you can talk to this one as well, is the, an amendment to the calculation formula that will apply when an independent candidate must choose between either taking up a seat in the provincial legislature uh, or the National Assembly. Because, I mean, the problem, the, the issue is that, I mean, a one person is just an individual, you know. There's no way of splitting yourself, even if you do amass the, the right number of votes um, for both. In fact, how... What, what, how, does, how is that regulated in terms of uh, whether you stand for national or provincial or both? And that is exactly part of the reason why um, the way that they formulated this in terms of party and individual contesting doesn't work out. So if you have a constituency-based system, for example, um, the way we do at the ward level, mm. all of this becomes simplified because at the point that the person decides to contest, they're contesting for a constituency. Mm-hmm. So they then already um, set out clearly for themselves which level they're contesting at. Once you create the kind of system they have now where the, the individual is actually their, their, consist, their constituency, sorry, that mm-hmm. they are contesting is actually the province. So they've made a province a constituency, and now that creates the dilemma of are you contesting the province or are you contesting national? Mm-hmm. So... Actually, Parliament has created a problem for itself that it is trying to very creatively um, solve. But the real solution has already been given to them that they need to um, be willing to go for a mixed um, system that includes direct voting. And that's what they're running away from. Mm-hmm. Well, the president uh, has until today um, uh, to um, you know sign it into uh, law. Um, I mean, what what then? Where will that leave opponents of the bill in its current form? Do you anticipate, in fact, uh, that there will be? I, I would imagine there would be further challenges uh, to this legislation. Well, I mean, the president has a few options. Um, the president does not have to sign this as it is mm. if he finds that there are um, constitutional um, errors or that it doesn't meet uh, master. Mm. And so the president, I think, must, number one, apply his mind in a way that he can explain to, to society what some of the um, issues are in this bill or if issues are raised, he must be able to explain them away because he can't rely just on parliament and say, well, it's parliament's baby. He can also then himself take this to the Constitutional Court and ask um, for review. But if he decides to sign it as is, um, I think many um, many people in society, including civil society organizations, political parties, are going to have to rethink um, the strategy going forward. Um, what we cannot afford to do is have an unconstitutional or unfair mm. um, bill going into an election. Um, one of the things that we pride ourselves on in South Africa is free and fair elections. Mm. And if we cannot get a fair outcome um, for independent candidates, then um, we're going against the very premise of our democracy. And I think we must think carefully about that. And, and Tessa, has the issue of the, I mean, uh, obviously the cost of registering a political party versus an independent, um, that was also something that was uh, contentious in terms of, uh, you know, you can't expect an individual to be able to carry the cost, uh, uh, the same amount of cost that a party would. Has that now been addressed? Um, no, in fact, that, that was um, addressed. Mm. And it wasn't that it wasn't expected for an individual to carry the same amount. Mm. It was that the initial bill expected an individual to get more signatures and pay more oh, yes. money than okay. a party would. Mm. Mm. So that has now been rectified to, to parity. Um, and it's one of the, the only technical changes that's come out of the NCOP process.
All right, so we'll have to wait and see then what the president uh, decides, whether he decides to sign it or send it back to parliament. Tessa Dooms, thank you so much for talking to us. I appreciate your time. Tessa Dooms, a political commentator, and of course, she's a director uh, at the Ravonia Circle, who have been at the forefront of uh, battles about this. We were trying to get Musi Maimani's take on it as well, but we just had a terrible line. Uh, yeah, today's uh, the final day for these amendments to be signed into law. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.